Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 77 of Speak On It, the Luka Doncic episode, which is fitting because the NBA season tips off tonight. I am your host, Andy Ocean, as always joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. How you living on this beautiful NBA tip-off? Well, first off, as the folks who are watching can see, it's Lake Show all day, every day. Um, my man, my man, my man, I'm doing, I'm doing blessed. How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, another day, another dollar, ready for the season to kick off. I just drafted uh, my fantasy basketball team uh, yesterday, which I, I, you know, I shared with you. I can tell you right now, I know this is a, this is, a, I mean, this is a fantasy network, so I guess it's. This, this, this kind of fits in a way, but I know we mostly cover fantasy football for the most part. But for those who maybe like a little fantasy basketball, I'm going to tell you right now, this team I drafted last night. Uh, first, it's legit. If this is the first year, this is the third season of this league. It's the first year I do not have LeBron James, so I was already bummed about that. But I can tell you right now, I got Jason Tatum. I got Paul George. I got uh, De'Aaron Fox. I got Jamar DeRozan. I got Paolo Banchero, the number one overall pick. Uh, I mean, I got uh, I got Alfred Sagoon, the center from Houston, who might be good. Uh, KPJ, his running mate. I got some. I got some ballers on here. Spencer Dinwiddie, who might be a steal. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a head to head points uh, weekly matchup. So. It'll go from now all the way until like early April, and then the playoffs will start. So we'll keep folks. Well, no, the playoffs start in late March, end in early April. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you sent me your roster last night. And again, I know I'm a Mavs fan, but let me tell you, like if Spencer Dinwiddie can like get out of this shooting slump that he's been in in the preseason, it can be Luca's like legit two, like that on top of Jason Tatum, on top of Paul George. Like, that could be a, a pretty solid three-guard combo for your team that can do some damage. I think – so, I so I don't know if this is weird or not, but <clears throat> I did create, like, a draft strategy. Okay. For, for, for this because, I don't know, I thought coming off the football – the football, fantasy football season, I drafted – I feel like I drafted pretty well across my five leagues in that uh, – um, like this week is like the first week I've made a trade across any league of mine. And so like, and even in that I only did it, it was more so like a depth trade. I was really trying to get more depth. So mm-hmm. I feel like because I was able to use a draft strategy and draft pretty well, I wanted to translate that over to basketball. So my first pick was Jason Tatum. I had number four overall, of course, Jokic, Giannis, Luca, unanimous, unanimous number three. I mean, top yep. three. They're going to be off the board. So I had four, and the world was my oyster. Could have went Joel and B, which I thought about. But I thought about it, and I was like, yo, he, who's more likely? And this is what literally it came down to. Who's more likely to get sat out of just pure rest? Like, who, who, who's more likely to just miss a game out of pure rest? And I was like, Joel and B. Joel. So, so who like, else was on the board other than so Kevin Durant was on the board, LeBron brother, was on the board. My brother. The AD only people the that were off the board were – Jokic, Giannis, and Luca. Every other NBA player was on the board. So you you 
I think this is a little bit of foreshadowing because we're talking about MVP later in our NBA preview. It sounds like we know who you think is going to be the MVP or in the MVP conversation this year. I think I have a couple of people who I think are going to be in the MVP conversation. Hopefully, okay. and I ha- hopefully I have two of them on my team. But I wanted I took Jason Tatum first. Then in my second round pick, I knew I wanted I wanted someone who I knew just gets easy buckets, and so like. They like they get so many easy buckets that they just get other people involved, or they just get easy buckets. And I thought about it, king of the mid range, yeah. king of the mid range. <clears throat> so I said, all right, let me get Demar Derozan. So my third, my third round pick, I was getting ready to go Evan Mobley because I was like, if I get, if I get, uh, no, it was either Evan Mobley or Steph Curry if they were both available, and neither one were available because I either wanted to get like a scoring point guard like Steph mm-hmm. or like a versatile big man who just did it all and Evan Mobley. And they both, like, they randomly both went, like, in, in the five mock drafts that I did, they were on the board. But for some reason, for some reason, when I actually drafted, of course, they go off. And so I end up taking Paul George. And so, and then I think about it and I look at my roster and I'm like, yo, I got Jason Tatum, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and Paul George. That's like elite wings right there. Let me yep. just build them. Here you are. Here we go. Here we are, my brother. Let the people. Do you want to let the people know what we're what we're chatting uh, chatting about today before we really get into it? Yeah, let's do a little housekeeping. Then we'll do a little preview. As always, the show is brought to you by goingfor2.com. Head over to goingfor2.com for all your fantasy needs. Like we said, basketball is back. We are knee deep in football season. Uh, things are starting to heat up. We're getting on bye weeks. You don't need people on the waiver wire. So head over to going for two for all your for all your needs. A shout out to Gator Jay in the chat. He says he's here for more shit talking. And then to your fantasy basketball, he said you got the fourth pick. Who was the commission? And I think he is trying to say there has to be some kind of collusion because you always seem to get a great pick in no matter what draft you are participating in. Well, okay. It's funny that you mentioned that, Gator Jay, because this is the first time I actually used the ESPN randomizer. Okay. Uh, and so I used the randomizer and got fourth. And I was like, oh, man. I, I I will be. I mean, I've gotten, I've had six drafts. I've gotten three, four, six, eight. Everything just coming up D. Hey, it's not about the. It's not where you pick. It's how you pick. But it also helps if you get a top five pick. Um. So tonight we're going to talk about. We're going to recap. Five. Okay, but hold on. I only have one undefeated fantasy football team left, and it's not it is a, not a team that picked in the top five in any of the drafts. It was the only team that picked from eight. Interesting. Interesting. So. Okay, I hear you. But tonight we're going to focus on NFL Week 6. We're going to talk about um, some winners, some losers. We're going to talk about the NFL trade deadline. Like we said, the NBA is back. We're going to give our, our preview on the who we think the best teams will be, a finals preview, MVP, all that good stuff. We're going to do our daily fantasy talk. We're going to do some quick hitters. We're going to do some college football. Uh, yeah, and we got a question this week, so we're going to take the last segment to answer uh, your question. So, so D, like, what, what happened week six in the NFL? Man, week six in the NFL, man, it, it did not disappoint. But it started off on a disappointment, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, it was a stinker on Thursday night 
we had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks on Sunday, on Sunday actually get embarrassed in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. We saw the Bills outlast the Chiefs in another very, very close matchup. And what a lot of people are saying is the new uh, Brady versus Manning. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, sir. They are still the last undefeated team in the NFL. And we saw another NFL player get escorted from the sideline. Not like Antonio Brown, but Robbie Anderson. Now you're a Philadelphia. I mean, not Philadelphia. Now you're an Arizona Cardinal. So I want to go back to the uh, the Bills and the Chiefs, though, in particular, since that yes. was clearly the game of the week. That was clearly, I think, well, I think a, a lot of football experts say that was the two top teams in the NFL going at it. And so I want to, I want to, I want to ask you: when you look at that Bills victory in Kansas City, and when you look at what you're Philadelphia Eagles are doing, remaining yes. the last undefeated team in the league. No losses on them things. None. What do you think is really more impressive victory-wise? The Bills and what they're able to do and some of their wins, or you guys sitting there at 6-0? and So I think for me, it is. So last year, the Bills went to Kansas City during the regular season and beat them. So we've seen that before. For us, the Bills is going to come into, like, what do they do in the playoffs when they have to go? Potentially, well, this year, theoretically, the AFC Championship game would be held in Buffalo and not in Kansas City, which would give Buffalo the advantage because Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead. That's not the Super Bowl. So I think we've seen the Bills do it before, but can the Bills do it in the playoffs at the Super Bowl or playoff um advancement on the line for me it's the eagles and this might be kind of biased and i said last week i was going to be very reserved i have not been boastful i wanted to see how we played this defense and the eagles took that piece of shit elite defense here we go and ripped that shit to shreds because all i heard was oh the cowboys have never have haven't allowed any double digit touchdowns and we scored three of them things on their throat I don't care how this sounds. It can't be sound worse than Chris Collinsworth when he was talking about Landon Dickinson and pulling the other night. Um, I, I really enjoyed the game plan of using Micah Parsons' aggressiveness against him. Do not block him. Let him make a decision, and then he's going to pay regardless if he crashes down on Jalen. You had A.J. Brown running in the flat wide open by himself. If he goes with A.J. Brown, Jalen has a lane wide open by himself. If the Cowboys rolled over a safety, Devontae Smith could slip behind that safety, which happened on that touchdown. It was such a genius offensive game plan. Micah, you're aggressive. That's cool. We're going to use that aggressiveness against you. And let's be honest, Micah, lucky Lane Johnson went out with a concussion because in the first half, Lane had that boy in cuffs. Lane had that boy like police officers in Ohio. He had that boy in cuffs. Micah didn't make any noise in the first half. And then Lane went out with a concussion. And then Micah started to kind of get a little busy and the Eagles adjusted their offense again to help with the run game. When I tell you, and I went on Instagram and said that the Cowboys are frauds because I think they are frauds to a degree. Dak's going to make a difference. I, so, so, so you do not believe they are in fact them boys? They are not, no. I will say this though, because I don't want to be completely like a homer. Like Dak makes that throw to CD on the post that gets picked off by Chauncey Gardner to like essentially end the game. Dak can make that throw, and I don't think Cooper Rush can. So that and and that's going to make a difference come Christmas Eve and the rest of the Cowboy season. 
Dak can make throws that Cooper Rush can only dream of, and Dak completes that throw, that post, and maybe CD scores, and maybe the game gets a little bit more interesting. For me, it was, and, and Shannon Sharp says this, Cooper Rush gives you two good drives a game, and he did. He gave him a 75-yard drive. He gave him a 93-yard drive, and then he turned to the pumpkin. The thing I was most impressed about, it was 20-17, to 17, beginning of the fourth. It was at the third or the fourth. I think it was in the third, and the Eagles – put together a seven minute drive that was like 15 plays that was in the eight seven minutes clock, right and we, we talk about and i'm going to stop in a second we talk about how powerful it is to have a two minute offense a four minute offense i think it's something to be said when you have a team that can put an offensive drive together that can eat a quarter of a clock mm-hmm. like a quarter of a a third of a quarter is what i'm trying to say five six minutes seven minute drive to complimentary take offense of your defense Yes, like to give your defense a break and to take momentum. That's the third time this year this Eagles team has done that. I think it was 15, it was 13 plays. 10 of those plays were runs. Like there's something to be said about our offensive line is going to throw you in the dirt. We're going to run it. We're going to eat this clock and we're going to try to kill the chances of you coming back. So the Cowboys are a good team. I don't want to make it sound like I think they're scrubs. I think when Dak gets back, he can make throws that Cooper Rush can't. I will say that this defense, I don't know if the Eagles have given the league a blueprint on how to, you know, deal with Micah Parsons, but the Eagles have Lane Johnson. He's the best tackle in football. That also helps. But if you don't have that, leave him unblocked, run some read option, make him pick his poison, and you can score on this offense and and hope you get into a shootout and they can't keep up. So I guess with that, the next time the Cowboys and Eagles play is, you said Christmas Eve? So there's a lot of there's a lot of football to be played. You have to imagine you have to imagine that both you and the Cowboys will at least drop one, two, maybe three trap games, just given perhaps. The and here's my thing, and this is the last thing. I'm sorry, what were you saying? My bad. No, I was just saying in the just in the in the ebbs and flows of the NFL season, you're just bound to, you know, down weeks where your offense and team just doesn't show up and you know. I honestly think we're either going to lose to Pittsburgh or Houston. So we're on a bye this week, and then we play Pittsburgh, and then we play the Thursday night in Houston. And I hate Thursday night football games. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles lost to Houston, and that'd be their first loss. Because Houston Houston's a scrappy team, but again, the Thursday night games are, are really detrimental, and the team that has to travel for a Thursday night game traditionally has not done well. I know the Commanders won in Chicago Thursday. That's an anomaly. I think it's harder for the team that has to travel. I agree, especially if it's if they're traveling time zones. Yeah. Um, I so have, I, I have ahead. one more thing about the Cowboys, though. So last year the Cowboys had, and I did some digging today because I was really interested. Last year the Cowboys had the number one offense in the league. That's because the the turnover differential, right? Like they were plus 14 in turnovers. Trayvon Diggs gave that offense a lot of short fields. Uh, now they're regressing back to the mean. So I'm very intrigued to see how Dak looks when he has to start drives consistently at his 20, his 25, his 30, compared to he's already at the 50, he's already at the 40, he's already at the opponent's 35 because the defense generated a turnover. And the Eagles are benefiting from that this year, right? They are plus 12 in turnover margin. Jalen's getting a lot of short fields. So I'd love to see how this Cowboys offense looks with Dak, without Amari, with Dalton Schultz, but with longer fields. So the field position actually becoming an issue. You know, I'm glad you had that note in there about without Amari. NFL teams recognize 
good wide receivers are good wide receivers. And you should keep them or go out and get more of them. Yes. Not just trade them and then just draft a bunch of rookies. To the question, though, about the, mo- the, the more impressive victory, I have to go with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you go into a place that last time you were there, you know, we, we know what happened. We, we've seen we, we've seen the, the, the playoff history that Buffalo has had to Kansas City. There are only two playoff losses the last couple of years have been to Kansas City, if I'm correct. Clearly, You're right. Kansas City is the team that Buffalo feels that, that they have to go through in order to get to the Super Bowl and potentially win it, I feel like. So with that being said, going to Kansas City, which it feels like these games are always being played, um, to go to Kansas City and get a very, very, very uh, good win against a very good football team, you have to consider it impressive. My only fear for the Buffalo Bills is just like – I want to be able to make sure Josh Allen can hold up. You see, he runs aggressively. Like dog, he runs yo, like a fullback. Yo, Josh, Josh Allen be kind of wanting to run you over. Pause. Yeah. Um, so I just want to ensure that you know that running style is able to obviously hold up with his his skill and his knowledge and his arm strength. But I mean. It reminds me of like Cam Newton, yo. It's just like, yo, it's just it's yeah. just hard to stop. Like nobody really wants to tackle him. My other worry for the Buffalo Bills is they play in a division that's low key better than a lot of people wants to give it give it credit yes. for. And outside of the when you have you have uh, a very very fast team that's very hard to cover in Miami. You have a young and up and coming hungry team that's good. Good in the trenches in in the Jets and to an extent the Patriots as well. But the Patriots, their their key is their head coach is their best def- almost essentially their best defender because he's able to game plan and take your best defensive player away. I don't know if the Bills and the Patriots have played yet um, this this season. I don't think they I have. don't think so. Let me check. But you can imagine well, what I'm trying to get at here is that. Between the Eagles, who's also in a very challenging division, I think they hold the keys over their divisional opponents maybe a smidge more than I think Buffalo does, actually. And I think where Buffalo might end up struggling is divisional opponents and interconference opponents, because I feel like they still have a few more interconference games to play. And I think the rest of the league knows, and Buffalo knows that, they're going to get the best of everyone. And you saw that with Kansas City. And you saw that with Miami. And I mean, you see that with everyone they play. They have gotten the best. And I think, I think if you have to ask me between Kansas City and Buffalo, who is going to end up with maybe four, five, six losses, and the other one's going to end up with four losses, I would say Kansas City is likely to end up with lesser, with, uh, less losses on their record, with more wins on their record, I should say, just because they play in a division where, I mean, yo, when, yeah. the, when the Chiefs and Broncos play, it is going to be embarrassing. When the Chiefs and the Raiders play, I, I think it's going to be competitive. Well, no, we saw what happened. It was competitive for a half, and then we saw what happened. And obviously we know the Chargers are going to be the Chargers, um, so I don't even have confidence. So you have to say that the Kansas City Chiefs might lose one, divisional game this this season i would say the bills might lose two that's the difference and that's what i think the difference might come down to 
Do you think the Chiefs are going to get the one seed in the AFC? The Arrowhead Invitational lives on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's people, yo, in, profe- in, in football, professional football, especially, coaching matters, yo. Coaching yes. matters. And you guys really need to see how Andy Reid, how good of a coach he is. Sean McDermott's a hell of a coach, too. He needs to get his credit. But you guys, when you, when when these AFC West Divisional games are going on, I mean, you can just see how Andy Reid is really just kind of out coaching uh, his uh, his his opponents, and that's why I say when these when the Broncos and Chiefs play, it's it's not going to be fun. Um, who had the most embarrassing loss of the week? I'm sorry to do this to you, but it's the Packers. No, oh, I might be right there with you. I just in the fact. And this is not like I'm not here to like kick you wire down because I'm not that kind of guy. But the fact that Sauce Gardner was walking around with a cheese head after the game was just I think Alan Lazaro walked by and smacked it off his head. Yes, he did. But you know, yes. Alan, you might have to steal on him next time. Like you might have to because that can't won't happen. Be, like sauce won't be, was won't be for another eight years. Like sauce. I mean, Sauce will still be in the league in eight years. Hopefully, hopefully he'll still be still be with the Jets. But yeah, for me, it's I was going to say Arizona losing to Seattle, but I don't think Arizona is a good team. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a couple of losses away from getting fired. So for me, it was definitely the Packers. Kyle, if you're in here, you might want to join me. I have a couple teams I want to throw right here: the Green Bay Packers. The Denver Broncos and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to pick all three of you apart one by one. Let's start with the team up north in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. So you trade your best offensive player and offensive skill position player in Devontae Adams. And that's cool because you want to then lean into the running game more. You you draft two rookies. You want to lead into the running game more. Use that beat these rookies, you signed Sammy Watkins, a few other veterans. You want to lean into that more. You want to lean on your defense. You say you got a, a lot of defensive talent that you think can really take the league by storm. And on paper, you look at this defense, you say, oh, man, this is a great defense. But then, then you watch the actual film out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. This looks pathetic. This, but this product that the Green Bay Packers is currently putting on the field is not good. It, it, it looks it, it looks like it, it look it looks like it's a mixture of quarterback problems. It looks looks like it's a mixture of receivers not being able to get separation, offensive schemes feeling like they're a little compromised. We we're out there uh, with an offense with 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 Runyon who 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 couldn't who, who couldn't guard. Who couldn't okay. guard a movie ticket stand? I mean, like it, it's it, it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing what is going on in Green Bay right now. This is a good football team that is not playing very well. It is not playing very well. The Denver Broncos. Let's go to them. Every week I say, man, it feels like Coach Hackett is in over his head, and then I catch myself and I say, yo, that's not fair to him. It's only X amount of weeks. But then the next week, I'm saying the same thing, and I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. We're on week six. Six. We're about to go on week seven. Nathaniel Hackett, dog. 
you may not make it to the end of the season. Are we here? I think we're here. Is this thing on? Am I heard? I think we can hear you. Yo, Nathaniel Hackett, you might not make it, yo. Like, yo, it is it. Everything's bad in Denver. I can't, I can't even pin, like, well, not the defense. I'll give the defense that. The defense is the only the only saving grace. 15 points a game. The you only should win a lot of football games if you can hold someone to 15 points a game. Yo, know, the Broncos are bad at everything. Like every, every, I, I, it's man. And I'm trying to give Nathaniel Hackett a lot of grace because he was our OC, but everything. Russ, you're lucky. Weed is legal in Denver <laughs> because some folks might be. When do you want to say he's stealing money? Well, we can say that now. Do you feel that way? Is he is he stealing money? Oh, Mr. Unlimited as Yo, Mr. Unlimited. What are we unlimiting? What are what are we? We still got like three or four more primetime Broncos games, too. Why? Versus who? Uh hold on. I remember I seeing one of them has to be Kansas City. Yeah. Let me look that up. While you go talk about the, the Bucks. Last team that's been embarrassing. Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, man. Dog. And so Brady. Whatever whatever's going on in Tampa, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to show a little bit of grace here because that's Brady. It just feels like the Bucks are a step behind offensively. And I, I get it. They've had players who've been in and out with health and being away from the team. But the Bucks just feel like they're a step behind. And to lose to the struggling Steelers? Woo, man. Hey, but I'll tell you what. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got punched in the fucking mouth last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. You guys showed up against a very reeling but good football team in Tampa with Tom Brady. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to give them credit. But whoa. What the hell is going on? What's going on in football cities? That end in Bay. Because it's not very good. It's not very good football being produced and put on the field. Isn't that what Brady said? A lot of stinky football. A lot of ass. A lot of ass. Lots of ass. What do we trade Devontae Adams for if this is where we're going to take the culture? I don't understand it. Can't nobody get open? Royce Newman, what was that at the right guard position? This is bad. Kyle said, Runyon is usually uh, pretty good, so that was surprising to see him struggle. Royce Newman, however, he played as bad as, as, as he expected. They need another right guard. Yeah. We need to figure it the fuck out. The Vikings are not a better football team than us, but they're a better football team than us, if that makes sense. 
it does. Saying uh, in the NFL, we're getting close to the trade deadline, my friend. Yes. We are getting close to the trade deadline. One trade we already saw was, was a result of my man Robbie Anderson acting, yeah. yo, he intentionally got himself fired. Let's just yes. call it like that. He intentionally got himself fired. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Carolina, former wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, obviously was getting into an argument or a sideline dispute with wide receivers coach. He is now, uh, after being escorted off the field on Sunday, he was now traded to the Cardinals after Hollywood Brown suffered a, a season-long foot injury. They also have D-Hop, who's coming off an injured or his six-game suspension this week, so he'll be eligible to play Thursday versus the Saints. Um with that being said, let's go back to the trade deadline. Yep. Who do you think is going to pull the trigger or pull pull the lever and make the big splash trade of the NFL season? So before we jump into that, I do want to say, Gator, we're not here to pick on you. The show loves you. It's we, do, we do got much love for you, Gator J. It's, it's just a rough time. So I know all eyes on Carolina. I know all eyes on Christian McCaffrey. But for me, the the trade that I would love to see happen is I would love to see DJ Moore get traded uh, to Green Bay, Kansas City, or Baltimore. Like the and and I know Baltimore just signed Deshaun Jackson. I don't care. Like if I can get my hands on DJ Moore, Pauls, and I'm Baltimore. Like yo, Rashad Bateman, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews. That's a, now like that's a nice little something for Lamar. To, to build on Kansas City can just add to the you're gonna need somebody right the Bills have Stephon Diggs not just saying that DJ's on Stephon's level but Travis Kelsey Stephon Diggs Juju that's not a bad combination and then Green Bay I think a receiver like DJ Moore with Aaron Rodgers like that's when that's the missing piece right like that's what's going to elevate quick passes to DJ Moore will help cover some some bad offensive line play it'll also open up a lot of stuff for Alan Lazard like I'd love to see DJ Moore in Green Bay I have another trade to to Green Bay I don't know if it's we're really going to be via trade or maybe a signing but I like Odell Beckham Jr. to to, to Green Bay okay um, I think what we need is someone who's shifty someone who's able to uh, who's able to really provide a lot of catch and run opportunity which I think Odell can do as well stretch the field which Devonte, uh, which Devonte could do, so I think uh, Odell can fit that role. Uh, I saw Gator J in the chat said something that I think could be interesting: uh, San Fran uh, trading for Christian McCaffrey. <sighs> Let me tell you something: if I'm Christian McCaffrey, I don't want to go there. Um, Why not? Look at the history. Of soft tissue injuries they have this year okay that is a indicator that something is being overworked or not properly warmed up enough to be worked and that's more of a training issue if you look at a lot of their injuries over the kyle shanahan era that's really been the reason why um they haven't been able to separate themselves and get over the hump they've always been injured well you look into it what are these injuries they've either had season season ending injuries or they've had soft tissue injuries. Some of these soft tissue injuries may be leading to some of these season-ending injuries. And then you okay. maybe need to look into that and maybe say, hey, maybe the way they're preparing these athletes on a week-to-week basis maybe isn't the best. Not saying that that's necessarily true. 
injuries are part of the game, but it's just interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting how these injuries keep piling up. If I'm CMC, I'm already injury ridden over the last couple of years. I'm trying to get back to my prime years to justify the salary cap or, or salary hit that my contract's going to take. So where would you like to see CMC? Because that, that salary is going to be hard to move. Like Buffalo's going to be hard because Josh Allen is eating a lot of money, money and still so is Stephon Diggs. You know, I see CMC. I see. I can see the Rams making a a potential trade package uh, for CMC, giving Cam Akers uh, mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, maybe maybe a CMC, a CMC and another pick. Cam Akers and another pick for CMC could be something potentially. I, I could see. Um, you know, another another. Uh, Another option I saw, and this is unrelated to the Rams, Chase, Chase Claypool to Green Bay. I yes. I don't know if, if that's where. Uh, yes. I would take that. I would take that if I was Green. Like Chase, Chase Claypool's still good. If if the goal is to get more veteran wide receivers in to help learn what Aaron likes and doesn't sort of like in the route running and the route tree and the offense. Why a younger wide receiver in Chase Claypool that you might have to do a little bit more fine-tuning and finessing? Um, Chase has been in the league for a minute. This is like year four for him, right? Probably year four or five. Yeah, like he he's on the verge of a contract. I think he's been in the league long enough to like understand. Hold on, let's see. What year is this? Yeah, he was, well, he was drafted in 2020. Listen, all I know is Pittsburgh Steelers do one thing extremely well, and that is draft wide receivers. That is that is their thing. Like they, There's no team in the league that's better than drafting and developing a wide receiver than Pittsburgh. Uh, so here's something that's interesting in the chat in regards to trade. So the B League says uh, – What's up, Dan? What's up, Dan? Uh, he says, uh, Claypool to Dallas. Um, get him on the outside. Him and CD Lamb have that real big play ability. And then I get your thoughts on that. What do you think of a Chase Claypool to, to the Dallas Cowboys situation? There? It's weird that Dan is saying this because Dan is a Giants fan. Dan, pop your shit off, man. You're five and one. But in regards from like that'd be a great trade, I would not like that as an Eagles fan, but as a Cowboys fan, you'd have Gallup in the slot. Claypool on one side, CD on the other side, Dalton Schultz. You got Tony Pollard. You got Zeke. Like that. That now we now we talking. Now what about? Now I'm glad Dan's here. What about Chase Claypool to New York, allowing him, allowing, uh, giving them an option potentially to stretch the field down the field uh, with Daniel Jones? Or do you think? Or do you think that New York feels like once they get some of their wide receivers back healthy, they could already have something potentially? How about we keep? keep Claypool out of the NFC East. That nah. sounds good to me. That sounds really good to well, me. Well, you know the Steelers will likely trade him to an uh, NFC opponent, obviously. Yeah. But... Trade him to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Do you think Odell Beckham plays this year? I do, but I don't think we see Odell till like week 10, 11. Teams that are gearing up for playoff runs. A Odell. Holl at us. And you think Sean McVay said they haven't made the last offer for Odell, by the way. Uh, okay. Then Sean McVay needs to get off his hands and make Odell an offer. 
was Odell ready, first of all? When Because he just toured this calendar year. So, like, when do they think Odell will be healthy enough to play professional football? I saw Cam Akers tear his ACL, I mean, tear his Achilles and come back to play later that same. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that, true. Later that same football season, albeit late in the season. But that's true. It's possible. It's possible. Um, all right. So let me ask you something. In a fantasy world, right, what would be your dream scenario trade in the NFL right now? Let me give you an example of mine. I, I have a dream that the Green Bay Packers – Call the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. and say, hey, you got a guy there in T. Higgins. What if we gave you a first, a second, and Christian Watson for Ooh. T. Higgins? Let's see. Do you have to pay T. Higgins? Did he? I think T. Higgins hasn't gotten paid yet. See, I think he he's probably on the. Yeah, I think T. Higgins. How many years? He's only twenty three. I mean, yeah. So he signed this season and then next season, and then after that, he'd be an unrestricted free agency. So you'd probably sign him this off season. You'd be eligible to give him a contract extension. So yeah, if you're willing to pay him, I think he's worth the one and the two. Would you give him a two and a three? No, no, actually, I like this better. Christian Watson, a second and a third for T. Higgins. Yeah. I would, if you're Cincinnati, do you think about that deal? Mm, I don't, I, I would consider it. I would try to push you for first, see how desperate you really were. But I'd probably take a two or three and I'd be like, give me Alan Lazard instead. Why? Oh, why Alan Lazard over Christian Watson? I like Alan Lazard. He's on my fantasy team. He's done okay for what me. What about you? What about, what, what about what's your ideal Eagles trade, if you think, based off what you're seeing right now? Uh, for me, it's calling the Chicago Bears and asking about Robert Quinn. This this pass rush needs just a little bit more juice. Or I call Carolina and ask about Brian Burns, one of those two. Like Brian Burns. I know I know Brian Burns is going to be almost impossible, but you said the perfect scenario. The Eagles have two ones. A couple threes, like I think you can make something work. They they have some players, but Brian Burns is going to be the reason someone takes that Carolina job. All right, he has four sacks on the season. I think they're going to try to keep as many of the young players as they can because that's what's going to attract a head coach. So mm-hmm. for me, in a perfect scenario, it'd be Brian Burns, but you got to pay him because I think he's up for an extension. But if not, I'd say, hey Chicago, I'd give you, I'll give you a fifth for Robert Quinn. What do you say? So you think. You think in the next coming weeks the Panthers are going to really ship some players? Well, I no, think trade deadline soon. So, yeah, the trade deadline is November first. Here's the thing about the Panthers: anything, anyone that's under 25 needs to stay because again, that's what's going to attract a coach, right? So Christian McCaffrey's a little longer than tooth; he can bounce. How old is DJ Moore? He's in DJ his. DJ Moore's young. He's in. He's in his like fourth or fifth season. Yeah, DJ Moore's twenty five. Like I would think about holding on DJ Moore. I would think about holding on to Brian Burns. Like in I would Jeremy Chen. I would definitely hold on to. I know he's hurt. Like I would hold on to Jeremy Chen. Lance Marshall Jr. Uh, I would hold on to the wide receiver. 
Yeah, like there, like there are some pieces. If I'm the Panthers, I'm, we're gonna ride this out. Hopefully, we get the number one pick or number two. We can draft Bryce Young. Like it's a real attractive coach here. We got the number one overall pick or number two. You can draft your quarterback, DJ Moore's here. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb, not Nick Chubb. Um, what's the dude from Oklahoma State that they drafted? Um, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, Chuba, Chuba here. I, I forget who the main backup is for Christian McCaffrey. You got some defensive pieces. Dante Foreman, I believe. Yeah, you got Foreman. You got Hubbard. You got a number one overall pick. You got some defensive pieces. Like maybe we can do something. So I don't think Brian's going to get traded because. Yeah, I think CMC is most likely to be I think traded. Came out and said he was untradeable by too, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure they did, right? He's a beast. Like again, yeah. you got you need something to attract a coach. So for me, realistically, it'd be hey, Chicago, here's a fifth for Robert Quinn. Let's see. I think they might take him. Uh so Kyle, uh to my to my trade uh offer with the Bengals, he says he doesn't think the Bengals make that uh make that move because they're in a win now mode. And they wouldn't want to move Higgins. Kyle, you're not wrong there. I don't think they might not want to take that deal either. Gator Jay's laughing at the fact that I want to trade Christian Watson after six weeks. Hey man, you, you can't take a good wide receiver and not give one back. It's just the just the way of the trade. Just good business. Speaking of good business, if you can see over my right shoulder right now in the far distance, you can probably see some people running around looking like they're doing some things. That's because the NBA is back. Let's go. Yeah, the NBA is back, kicks off this week. Tonight we have the Sixers and the Celtics who are playing currently behind me. And then the Warriors uh, begin their championship defense against the Lakers. That's why you see me with the Lake Show jersey on today. Um, I'm excited. I, I love I love the NBA season, my favorite season of the year. This is prime, really prime sports season. MLB playoffs, M, uh, NFL season, NBA kickoff. This is real prime sports season. We got the NHL out too. Um, so really, if you're a sports fan, this is the perfect time for it. With that being said, let's get into the NBA. Just let's do it. The season kicking off. Danny, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I just want to know. Your answer and maybe a few a few reasons why. Okay. Who do you think is going to end the year with the best record in the league? For me, and, uh, and the Denver Nuggets. They are finally mm-hmm. healthy. We're finally going to get to see this potential we've been hearing about for the past five or six years. We're finally going to see the Denver Nuggets as the one seed in the West. I know the past couple of years, especially before Jamar Murray got hurt, they'd be they top three. They're flirting with the one seed. Jamal gets hurt. They just drop down to five, and then, you know, they're bounced out in the first round of the playoffs. I really hope this year the Nuggets are healthy all year because that team can win the championship. I think they'll have the best record in the league. Mm, okay. I actually like the Brooklyn Nets. Um, okay. With Ben Simmons, with Sauce Kyrie Irving, you got obviously KD. I mean, this is a really, really good team. I think um, I think once they get fully healthy, they're, they're going to be a threat. I think anytime – you know, you give KD a little chip on your shoulder, you're going to do some things. So, um, yeah, I like the I like the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Okay. Who do you think is going to be the NBA MVP? You already know this answer. I got I mean, a, uh, I got Art hanging. I got to hang Art this weekend. Luca, Luca is coming in shape. 
He has looked great in preseason. He looked great playing Euro basketball. The past two years, the Dallas Mavericks have put themselves into massive holes and have to spend the second half of the season digging themselves out of the hole. I think this year, Lucas starts off on fire. He is the odds-on favorite to win MVP. His usage rate is going to be through the roof again because the Mavericks, for some reason, cannot find a legit secondary ball handler. That Luka is going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of baskets. He's going to get a lot of attention. Luka Doncic is going to win oh, his first yeah. MVP. Shout out, shout out, Luca. I think he, I think he could very well win the MVP. I'm gonna be honest with you. This guy, these got these men. I'm gonna say it's because I have faith in them. Jason Tatum, okay, Joel Embiid, the two men who are playing over my shoulder tonight. Jason Tatum, I think is gonna be on a tear to prove yo that shit that happened in the finals that ain't happening again. I ain't playing that bad no more, no more. Like Birdman at the Breakfast Club, no more. <laughs> Um, but I also think Joel Embiid finally takes the 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 the, the two step to overtake Jokic and really put together a season like we ain't seen. Joel so. Embiid, I think, he could average like 35, 12, and eight, something filthy. Hey, I hope I would I would love to see Joel get his first MVP because I believe he he's been robbed the past two seasons. Um. I think he has too. Thibs, uh, uh, B League asks, is Thibs going to stop disrespecting Obi Toppin this year and play him or not? I hope so. He will not. He I will. Thibs so. has proven when he does not like you, he does not like you, and he don't give a damn what you do. Yeah, and he ain't no, and no front office is going to make him play you either. Who do you think is going to be the NBA rookie of the year? I'm going Paola down in Orlando. There's not a lot. Uh, there's a kid they drafted uh, last year. What Jalen is it? Jalen, yeah, Jalen Suggs is there. I don't think we're going to see. Uh, I should I should know this guy's name. The other big guy they drafted from Florida State, uh, the super religious Jonathan guy. Isaac. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Jonathan Isaac. We're going to see a lot of Paolo. We're going to see a lot of Markel Fultz. Magic team is going to be bad, but they're going to be feisty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be where good. Memphis was a few few years ago. Yeah, Memphis really doing Josh that. second year. I like Paulo too. Uh, shout out to Paulo too, who just joined the Jordan family. So shout out hey. Paulo. So, uh, so we are in agreement there. What about the defensive player of the year? Ben Simmons, come on down. One of the only Daddy. men in this league not named Giannis who can guard the one through the five. If you don't watch his preseason basketball, Ben Simmons put Giannis in a chokehold the other night. Ben Simmons' back is healthy. I don't care if he can't shoot right now. I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the season. But on the defensive side, he is going to get the team's best player, and Ben Simmons is athletic and skilled mm-hmm. enough to shut down anybody in the NBA. So Ben Simmons is defensive player of the year. I would love that for Ben. Shout out, Ben. I actually like, get this, Joel Embiid to win defensive. Okay. I can get down with that too. Um, I think when I tell y'all, I really think Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum are going to have some years. Uh I think uh, Embiid's going to take a crazy step forward on the defensive end of the ball. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be a problem. Um, so in the chat, uh, Kyle, who must be live watching uh, the the Celtics, uh, well, no, he said, "Oh, look, Ben Simmons is still the dirtiest player in the NBA. What a surprise!" <laughs> Oh man, I thought he was talking about the Celtics game behind this. I was I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, Kyle. Oh. Uh, all right, Danny. Finals and actually, no, let's start with this one. What do you think will be the finals matchup this year? 
Uh, this is going to be a little bit shocking. For me, it's going to be the Bucks. I think the Bucks won the championship last year if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt. I know Chris isn't playing for the first couple of weeks while his wrist heals. I think Giannis is more than talented enough to hold down the fort until Chris gets back and acclimated. So at least I have the Bucks, And then of the West, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. Listen, man, we have forgotten who Kawhi Leonard is. I know, I know, I it's reckless, but we said the same thing about the Raptors, and then Kawhi gets there and they won a championship. Kawhi is a game changer. Kawhi is top three when healthy. He is healthy. It looks like he's put on some more muscle for the season. Paul George is healthy. That team is absolute. That team is more loaded now than it was during the Lob City era. And that well, that team couldn't make it past the second round. But Tyron to Tyron Lou matters on the coaching. Like Kawhi is a problem, and the world is about to remember who Kawhi Leonard is. All right. I like the Mavs and the Nets. Don't play with me. Do like not play with me tonight. I think uh I think I think the Mavs are going to get to the Western Conference Finals, but they're not going to face the Warriors. And I think Luca is going to look at that as like, yo. I am about to put whoever I play in a fucking blender for five to six games, and I think they're gonna gonna power themselves. Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie are gonna power the Mavs into the finals, and I think they're gonna be matched up with the best the best team in the league, and what I believe will be the Brooklyn Nets. Um, And I think the Brooklyn Nets are gonna run through. I think the Brooklyn Nets are gonna go on a playoff revenge tour. And I think they're going to play both the Celtics and the Sixers on the way to get into the to the finals. And I'm going to tell you something. Woo! I'm here. Woo! I'm listening. Hey, you, you you talking my language right now. So what's your finals matchup of the uh, – you just said it. Uh, Bucks Clippers. Bucks Clippers. Who do you have the winner in the finals MVP? As great as Kawhi Leonard is. Giannis is one. Like when I say Kawhi is top three, Giannis is one. And you could talk about LeBron, Kawhi. You can talk about Steph Kawhi. You can even talk about Luka Kawhi. Giannis is one. Giannis will win his second championship over the Clippers. And of course, that means he is my finals MVP. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if it's hard to tell y'all. I mean, if y'all can't tell where I'm about to go with this one. My finals winner. You picking Luka? Kevin Kevin Durant will be the finals MVP as he leads the Brooklyn Nets to a championship. And when I tell y'all, I think I think this is going to be one of the most historic championship runs because I think the, the Nets are going to be healthy. They're going to figure some things out. And they are going to go on a run in the playoffs that we haven't seen before. And KD's going to spearhead it. And I can't wait to see it because I feel like KD's going to really talk this shit. I feel like KD has some some tweets like bookmarked in case for when he wins another one and he is going to get some shit off his chest. And Kyrie, I think if you win, Stephen A. Smith, we might not hit for him for a couple weeks. Let me say like that. Sounds like B League and Kyle are going at it. So uh, B League said, "Does Draymond get more heat from the media for his dog shit on pool if he wasn't signed to a TNT deal?" Probably. So, 
I'm going to go the reverse, and I think because of that TNT deal, he is getting more heat than he would if he were just a regular player. Like he's been running around talking about new media is here, new media is better than old media. We do things this way. Like you can't bark like that and then get caught punching your teammate in the face and then go hide and not say anything. So if anything, and I, and I think the TNT crew, I think Barkley and Shaq would have no issues after a Warriors win saying. What were you thinking after? Like, I wouldn't be shocked if tomorrow morning, if you don't stay up to watch the Warriors game, if Draymond is interviewed after the game and Shaq and Chuck say, yo, what the hell were you thinking punching your teammate yeah. like that? Yeah. Because that's, that's what the whole TNT thing is about, is about being real. Like, that's their brand. Like, I would not be shocked at all if Chuck and Shaq grilled him tonight. If they went, if he gets on TV, what were you thinking? Why did you do that to your teammate? I agree. And it's clear. It's, it's clear. Be He's not a fan. He said, yo, that 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 uh TNT special in Draymond was kind of cheesy. He was not feeling it. is on fire tonight. He is he was not feeling it at all. Okay, let's get into our quick hitter section. Let's do it. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Broncos, Chargers. Did any team really win that game? Nope. It we felt didn't. like America lost by watching that get that game. Because we did. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. All right, let's get into college football. All right. So week seven, we saw some games. Tennessee versus Bama was a game. The TCU game. Versus Oklahoma State was a game. USC versus Utah. Game. What are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts? Talk to me. This might be one of the best college football seasons we've had in a very long time. There is no like it's always been Bama is the Bama Georgia are the dogs and then it's everyone else. Georgia still won, but after that there's so much parity, right? Michigan, I believe is Michigan Georgia is two. Georgia's at one, Ohio State's two, then it's Tennessee and there's Michigan, and outside is Clemson, Bama, Ole Miss and TCU. Like any I feel like this is one of the rare seasons where anything can happen. Like any and the crazy thing is we can still get a Bama-Tennessee rematch in the SEC championship game if Bama runs the table and Tennessee beats Georgia to this mm-hmm. week or next week. Right? Like We can get a rematch of this, and then you could have a one-loss Tennessee team that loses the SEC championship game and a one-loss Bama team that just lost to Tennessee, and then you'd have to put both in. So you could have a potential of a Tennessee-Alabama in the college football playoff. Um, I'm really disappointed that you and I'm going to cut you off. You don't want to play them again. No, you don't. You do not want to play Bama again, but you're going to have to in the SEC championship game. Unless Ole Miss can beat Bama, which is possible, and Lane Kiffin will never let us forget that. Like if, If Bama runs the table, you're going to catch Tennessee again in the SEC championship game if Tennessee can take care of Georgia. But that's in Athens, so I don't know about that. True, you don't have you don't you don't have uh Vol Nation behind you. Um let's for me, I want to talk a little bit more about USC and Utah. So disappointing. We listen, the Pac 12, y'all have been legit. We've been covered, we've been talking about the top 25 and <clears throat> specifically the Pac 12 and the representation in it. But I'm gonna say this. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Utah, it's like a fatal four-way match, really, to see who's going to 
I think the Pac-12 can get a team in. But I, I think it's, it's going to be a one-loss team. So one one team out of these four have to, is going to have to show they are clear-cut above the rest. Yeah. And the only unbeaten is UCLA. So if UCLA can run the table, and that would include, I think UCLA still has to play everyone. I think UCLA still has to play. Um, Oregon is kind of undefeated simply because the team they lost to was just, it's so, it, it's, it's because they lost to Georgia, it's almost like, okay, dog, we so just going to wipe that one off because we, so here, we, we knew it was time. That's true. I could, I could see the committee forgiving that. Here's UCLA schedule Saturday, 3:30 at Oregon. Then they, at home against Stanford, at Arizona State, at home against Arizona, at home against USC, and then they're on the road at Cal. So we'll find out on Saturday. They play Oregon on Saturday, or UCLA is nine, Oregon is ten. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. What uh what other week eight games are you looking forward to? Uh I haven't really got a chance to look at the slate. I UCLA Oregon's a big one for me. I just hope that the ABC night game is not Clemson because we've gotten Clemson three weeks in a row. I'm sick of seeing Clemson on Saturday I think, night. I think Clemson and Syracuse, which that game is a ranked matchup. I think that might okay. be think that might be the mid afternoon game. Um, that is honestly the game I'm actually very much looking forward to because curious to see how, how Syracuse wants to show up there. This is probably the best defense they play all year, and man. Clemson defensive lineman has some NFL defensive linemen on it. Oh, it is, thank God. It is true. Gator J said, thankfully, Florida is off. Mm. No, Florida's playing Georgia this weekend, right? No. I think it's next week they play in Jacksonville, right, Gator J? Yes, that is next week. It looks like Georgia's off this week, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's shift it back to the NFL real quick. So. I know that uh, we were talking about the Carolina Panthers. We know they fired Matt Rule. We know that uh, roster-wise, they got some young talent. When you look at the landscape of the NFL and some and, and head coaches that might be in the in the red in the hot seat, might be on the way out. Where do you put the Carolina Panthers' job in the list of potential or pretty soon to be vacant head coaching seats? So, again, Matt Rule's biggest mistake was he couldn't find a quarterback. He took a lot of bites of the apple and he missed. So if you have, again, a top three or top five pick, this is a quarterback class that could be special. you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, kid from Kentucky. Uh, I know there are a few other people in there. Like it, It's going it's only going to be as attractive as that first-round pick. Like, mm-hmm. And if you can find a way to finagle uh, a second first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey, and you walk through the door with two first-round picks, one of those picks being top five, preferably top three, oh, that gets real attractive. If I get my hands on Bryce Young and y'all kept DJ Moore, I think now now we talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I look at it and I say, I look at it from a macro standpoint. I say, all right, what's going on in Denver? Might be a coaching change here fairly soon than we think it is. That would be priority number one because you have a – semi-watch quarterback and a lot of good wide receivers. Then I also look at what's going on in Arizona. Yep. Cliff has been here, but he might be in and over his head. He might he might be looking at some of these future Pac 12 and Big 12 open openings thinking his calling might be coming. Okay. That's another one. Chicago. Everyone just looks lost. I think I just think I don't even think it's gonna be firing. I just wanted to say everyone looks lost. 
Um, and then we never know about what's really going to happen in Dallas. I still don't yes. think uh, Mike McCarthy's getting fired anytime soon, but you never know, right? So I look at it like that and I say, okay, when I look at some of these other potential potential head coaching opportunities, what does Carolina have that these teams don't? Christian McCaffrey and then the list. They have an easy division. Like the NFC South, there really isn't a juggernaut. The Tampa Bay looks terrible. Uh, Atlanta looks that, okay. Atlanta's feisty. Yeah, we say that, but Tampa Bay's they're on the downtrend, but they're not terrible. To your point, Atlanta's not looking bad. And New Orleans has been in every game this season. They just can't pull out wins. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's been a lot of good playoff baseball. Earlier today, the Yankees advanced to the uh, the, 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 the I think the the conference the conference series I believe yes. um, to face the Houston Astros, and then the Phillies are going to be taking on um, the San Diego Padres, who took down the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, winners of those series are going on to the World Series. I like the I like the Padres, and to be honest with you. I like the Yankees. I think it's going to be a, a Padres Yankees World Series, but who knows? Give me Phillies Yankees for five hundred, Alex. Mm, that wouldn't that wouldn't be bad. The thing is with with the Yankees, it's like this: if there would be a year that you want to win, it'd be this one because then then it'd be they would justify what it would really justify whatever money you're getting ready to pay Aaron Judge. Yes, uh, and shout out Aaron Judge for betting on yourself, because boy, that's how you do it. That is your team you to, yeah. That man. Uh, no, go ahead. No, I was like that man. That was that was a good bet. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into some fantasy? I think we we both talked about the state of our teams. I've, I'm I'm kind of fed up with. I'm fed up with the Packers right now. I want to talk fantasy. Give me some. Give me some on a high note. So, I've been I've been looking at fantasy. So I told you I'm in. Uh, I'm in I'm in five leagues. Um, and over the course uh, of week six, I went three and two across five leagues. And this is te- technically my worst week of the season so far. Um, but uh, I put out some very, very big wins. So let's start. Uh, you want to start with the redraft or do you want to start uh, with the dynasty? Well, whatever floats your boat. Let's start. Let's start with redraft since. Uh, okay. We're, we're here, and I don't know if you noticed, but the Miami Luchadors, they unveiled a new logo earlier today. Oh, did they? I missed that. Let uh, me see. Yeah. yeah, I unveiled the new logo for the team. Felt like uh, we're trying to take the, the direction of the team in a, in a, in a positive direction, uh, considering that my team's on a three-game winning streak. Danny, mm-hmm. a three-game winning streak. I pulled out a close one over the defending champ from last year. Uh, Danny, and then I see you as well, keeping your win streak at four alive. Um, yes. so that leaves us, Danny, in this 10 team PPR league. Me and you are tied at the top of the NFC at four and two. Yep, how about that? Uh, if you would have talked to me four weeks ago, I was ready to have a fire sale. I was 
afraid that I was going to end last in this league. And again, for those who don't know, if the person who finishes in last place in this league either has to pay half of the winner's dues the following season or they have to leave like the Premier League. And I didn't feel like doing either. So D, according, you know, he told me to stay the course, keep it steady. And I have, and I feel really good. I have a 91% chance of making the playoffs. I think I'm the third highest scorer in the league. So I just want to stay within striking distance because the, the leading score, he's got to come back down to earth at some point. And I want to make sure that I am within striking distance when that does happen. Yeah. I mean, he's about to go through a series of, of bye weeks uh, this week. The bills are on a bye, which is big for him because he doesn't even yes. have a backup quarterback uh, with Josh Allen. Which is um, crazy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my, my team, I mean, we're, we're just finding ways to pull out, pull out wins and stay competitive. I mean, this, this is the team, you know, led by Justin Herbert, who's out there battling kind of a, a nifty rib, but I also have Keenan Allen, um, Gabe Davis, Jay Jettas and Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin and Chris Olave. So I've been trying to do some trade talks to move, uh, to move Gabe Davis to hopefully get a running back and or tight end, but it's been kind of, it's been kind of hard making moves, but Danny, we're at the top of the NFC, so, I mean, you know, we don't meet again in this league until week 12, so I feel like it could be, it could be, it could be a long road, but that could be a big one to determine uh, a first round bye. Uh, You want to get into our dynasty league. We got Gator J here, who says, Danny gets to talk shit to me tonight because he is 0-2 versus the co-host of this show, Darn. Darn, darn, Gator J. Danny, um, I will pull up the weekly report. I'm going to let everyone know that uh, after starting out 5-0, the last team has lost. Yes, my team lost the game. Um, Not by much either. Not by much either. But a loss is a loss. Um, but let's walk through the weekly report. So the best team in the league, that Cali kid with 170 points. Shout out to that man. That's mm, some mm. points. Worst team, Team Sinra says at 108.28. Kyle? Oh, man. Um, all right. Most efficient manager. We got Bam. Shout out Bam. 143 with max at 151. Not bad. Uh, least efficient manager was Rojo Truther. I mean, whoa. 70 points he left on his bench. Highest points and loss, uh, Greg at 135.9, losing uh, to 142.7. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's also the lowest points in a win, as you can imagine. Um, Kyle. Glad you're here. You were involved in the biggest blowout, 170.1 to 108.2. Woo, Lord, have mercy. Danny, you were the overachiever. You were projected 138. You scored 146. Shout out, Mike Gusecki. Shout out. Kyle was projected 141 and scored 108.2, and he is the underachiever of the week. Standings, I am still 
at the top of the overall standings with my first loss of the season. I had a two-game lead that bumps down to a one-point lead. And now my scoring title also kind of decreased from last week as well. Um, but it's, it's, it's early in the season. We've got a lot of games left to be played. Shout out Gator J, who is now fifth in the standings. Um, shout out Bam, who is ninth. Um, who else is in here? Shout out Kyle, who is 10th in the standings. Danny, you are seventh after your win. So there are know. one, two, three. There are four teams that are three and three right now. So only yeah. three teams in this league that are above 500. Kind of crazy. Only three. Man, this is a, this is a, this is a competitive, competitive league. And I like it. I like yeah. it. I like what's going on in this league. I think we got we got something. Um, all right, Danny. We got to speak to us question. How yeah, we got a question this week. All right. So, Danny, let me read the question. This user also wanted to remain anonymous. Of course, I'm going to re- we're going to respect your anonymity here on the speak to us uh, speak on it uh, speak on it podcast during our speak to us segment. So here's the question. With the recent public comments from LeBron James regarding Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it almost seems as if there have been Many, or there have been, it, it almost seems as there have may have been previous public comments made by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about Braun that he hasn't really appreciated. This brings me to my question. Do you think legends from previous eras show love to the current legends to an extent because they are sometimes afraid of their legacy being lost and forgotten? And this is not specific to sports at all. Thank you for your thoughts. You want me to go first? Go ahead, my brother. So I, I don't know if Kareem has said anything about LeBron in particular, but I know Kareem has gone after Kyrie over the past year, and I know Kyrie and LeBron are close. I, I will say that that legends tend to have some sort of hateration or holleration when it comes to the younger generation because, again, across all phases of life, the, the older generation thinks that they had it harder than the previous generation. Uh, Kareem has won the scoring title and has held on to the scoring title and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has only hit one three-pointer his entire career, right? So like, uh, and I'm sure in his mind, like, I got it the hard way. Like LeBron's been able to shoot threes. And again, this is all speculative. There's nothing like really, but I think that's normal, right? Like me as someone who is getting older, I see young people working in, my industry and i'm like man you got it easy when i came out of college xyz right and it's just natural to compare and it's natural to have a little bit of hate when you do that because you know why because it's sort of like self-pity like why was my road harder than this person's and and as you get older you start to see that and you start to understand doesn't make it right uh kareem could stop being a hater and just enjoy it but i i kind of get it Right. I think, uh, and, and I completely agree with you. I think to build off that, I think, I think as a legend, um, there could be some envy in the fact that a standard that you have set is being surpassed, but you have to look at it in a way that you have to remember you set the standard. And I think, I think, think and I, and I and again this i'm glad they let this comment be known that it's not sports specific because i think this is applicable to all aspects of life 
I think when 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 people achieve a good amount of success, when you achieve success and you're able to set standards and whatever whatever field or curriculum that may be, you don't ever in the moment think about someone ever surpassing it because you are the standard. But that's why standards are meant to be set, and that's why records are meant to be set because there's always like how far can we really push this sport and greatness in this sport to the next level whether that's sports whether that's education whether that's uh, you know science and stem how can we push this and continue to be forward to move it forward and i think i think it legends struggle with it because it's like a dim in their light like yes and i think what with kareem it's like no brother you had a really one when we think about this record that LeBron's about to pass, we think about, yo, it's taken seeing this dude go through hell for 20 years. 21. This is your 21. 21 years to break this record. Kareem, you did it without having to shoot a three. So now we have to look at you. And the light that we're looking at him, we also have to look at you and say, yo, look at this route that he had to take when he did it. You know what I'm saying? It's both still are hard routes. Both still a hard route. So um, I definitely think their legacy has something to do with it. But sometimes I think legends be some haters. And I think some of you young bulls, y'all don't be showing these legends the proper due respect. So start paying legends respect. Legends start paying these young bulls respect. And let's, whatever field it is, let's come together to push that field forward. That's a great way to, to end it. Danny, where can the people find you, man? Let's wrap this thing up, man. This is a great show. First and foremost, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, speak on it underscore pod. Send us your questions, speak on a pod 14 at gmail.com. As you can see, we will answer them. They're very thoughtful answers. So again, send your questions our way. Speak on a pod 14 at gmail.com. You can find me on the bird app at Danny Ocean 41. D, take us home. Man, uh, as Danny said, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on on YouTube, uh, wherever you find us on socials. Find us at speakonit underscore pod. Make sure you send your questions to speakonitpod14 at gmail, as Danny said. Make sure you follow your boy. At Los D makes us at L O S D E E M I X on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, the tunes I want to get us out to today. Um, I'm feeling mad Beyonce ish. Yo, I listened to Cuffit earlier today on repeat for like an hour. I'm glad you mentioned that because my brother, that's what I want to. That's what I. That's what I want to get us out of here too. Sounds good. People, it's always a blessing to be here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you was here with us, and we appreciate it and we love it. We'll be back not next week, actually. Yeah, we're we are on next vacation week. next week. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Remember, we'll be back in two weeks. Much love. Peace.